Welcome to the Online Business Besties Podcast, where we're dedicated to helping you build a successful online business that enables complete lifestyle, location, and financial freedom. If you're a go-getter who's dreaming of building an online business and living your best life, then you, girl, are in the right place. Each week, we'll bring you tested strategies along with stories from our guest expert besties to show you just how possible this life is and exactly how it's done. And now here's your host, online business educator, Paige Brunton. Hey, ladies, and welcome to episode number 23. Today, we are talking about deciding on what business projects to create and run with when you're kind of stuck in a decision-making analysis paralysis situation. So if you either honestly feel like you have no ideas or you're really unsure about the ideas that you do have and you're wondering, "Mm, is this the right thing that I should be spending my time creating and working on right now? Or maybe you just have too many ideas and it's not possible for you to create them all right now. We're going to talk about how to figure out which one of those things that you should be creating. So those are both of these situations that we're going to be talking about today. Now, what constitutes as a project in your business? A project in your business could be something like revamping your website or hiring a new team member, creating a new product or service, or maybe doing a big marketing push via a launch or some sort of a sale, maybe even creating content on a new platform like starting a YouTube channel or hosting webinars or creating a blog or a podcast. These are all things which I would think about as projects. And so in today's episode, we're going to figure out exactly which projects you should be working on. But before we get into that, there's just one thing I want you to hear first. So you know you want to run an online business, which allows you a lifestyle of complete freedom, but you're stuck figuring out which online business idea would actually work for you. Not to worry, my online business matchmaker training is just for you. Think of the training like a cocktail. We're going to mix together the passions and talents that you already have, your dreamy ideal customer, and successfully proven online business revenue models. Get immediate access to the totally free 30-minute video training and accompanying workbook at pagebrunton.com forward slash matchmaker. Again, that's pagebrunton.com forward slash M-A-T-C-H-M-A-K-E-R. All right, so let's first start with the situation that you either have no business ideas right now or maybe you have some ideas but you're really unsure about if they're the right ones and if they're actually going to work. So let's go through... How the heck do you make that decision? How do you know what is the right answer? Why is there no all-knowing business mentor who can just give us the right answer? I know I have felt like that in many situations. So should you look at what your competitors do or shake a magic eight ball or try four things at once and see which one takes off? Honestly, my suggestion would be no, no, and no to all three of those. Who is the best person to tell you where to take your business next, what direction to go, and what to offer? In fact, it's not one all-knowing person. It's actually your audience. The people who are going to be paying your bills are the ones you should be catering to. Therefore, they should be the ones making the decisions. So how exactly do you get your audience to tell you what they want? You go talk to them. Groundbreaking, I know. But let's be real. In practical terms, how exactly do you talk to and get feedback from your audience? I personally do these two things every year to ensure that I'm in touch with my audience wants and needs. So the first thing that I do is I have subscriber chats. You can call this audience chats. I personally, well, let me explain how this works and you'll understand my title for it. Generally, about once a year, I open up a handful of 30-minute call times in my appointment scheduler, and I send out an email to my email subscribers and ask them like, hey, I'd love to chat with you. Here, feel free, book a time into my calendar, and just come hang out with me for 30 minutes. Now, last year, I did 10 of these calls, but there's no honestly hard and fast number of the right number of phone calls. Do whatever works best for your schedule. 
what do you talk about in a subscriber chat or maybe follower chat? Say if you have a big following on Instagram or YouTube or something, you could do the same thing except you're putting the call out of who you're going to be talking with and inviting them to come on the call with you to wherever your following is, basically. I honestly am super interested to really get to know my audience and their daily life, what they do job-wise, what their long-term business dreams are, where they're at in building their business, what they're currently struggling with, what are the questions that they're facing, who else they follow online, how they like to consume content, and the educational resources which they tend to turn to. The better I understand my audience, the easier it is for me to make decisions that are in their best interest. So if I'm stuck on the fence trying to decide, should I create a podcast or should I create a YouTube channel, then I look back at the notes which I took during my subscriber chats, and if 7 out of 10 of them mentioned that they listen to podcasts daily but only 2 mentioned watching YouTube, then my answer is pretty clear to me. So subscriber chats provide me massively valuable information that I can then use to best serve my audience, and my subscribers tend to like to get to hang out and chat in person with the person who they kind of like see online and who sends them emails every week. Now, there's one definite downside to subscriber chats, and that is it is super time consuming. Doing 10 subscriber chats really takes up a solid amount of time. It takes me five hours to do those phone calls. And if I have thousands of people on my email list, there's no way I could even dream of chatting with 1% of them. The other issue with this is that making business decisions based off a teeny tiny fraction of my audience might not always lead to the perfect decision. So while chatting with my subscribers is super valuable for getting a true feeling of who it is that I'm creating this content and all of these things for, it really humanizes the people who are following my business. But still, I can't talk to everyone. So I have another method for getting feedback that's also a lot more scalable. And that brings me to my second method of chatting with my audience, and that is through surveys. So I personally find surveying super interesting, and it provides me really, really valuable info, which I definitely use to make decisions in my business. I can get hundreds or thousands of responses, and the number of responses that you can gather is not at all tied to the amount of time that it takes you, which is fabulous. So again, a lot more scalable than my subscriber chats. The major benefit of surveying over subscriber chats is that it's a lot more scalable. If you can get 20% of your audience to complete a survey and then tell you, for example, the way they like to consume content, that result can be trusted to represent your larger audience more than, say, just 10 individual chats with people could. So while you generally won't get as in-depth and personal information like you will when just chatting with someone on the phone about what their daily life looks like, you will be able to get some really solid stats on some more fundamental things. So the obvious next question is, how exactly should you be surveying your audience? First thing you need to do is pick a survey software. There's about a zillion survey and form softwares online. And honestly, the one you choose isn't so massively important. So I would spend no more than seven minutes weighing the options and then just picking one and moving on. I've used Typeform, Squarespace's form block, and um, what is it? SurveyMonkey as well in the past to survey my audience. Now, again, how you survey them isn't as important as actually doing it, so don't let this minor detail of which form or survey software to use hold you up from making progress. If you have a Squarespace website, I would honestly just use the Squarespace form block, stick that on a page, and ask your questions in there. If you don't use Squarespace, then something like Typeform or SurveyMonkey or even Google Forms um, could all be useful to you. Your next step is to write out your questions. Now, I know that can be difficult. You think, okay, what do I ask them? But I want you to think back, in order to pick the perfect questions, you need to think back to the dilemmas you're having. What questions are you struggling with? If you had one of your subscribers sat down in front of you at a coffee shop, what would you want to know from them? Ask them those questions. Now, here's a selection of the questions which I tend to ask my audience in my annual survey. 
Now, the questions which I ask do assume that people are running an online business or want to, as those are the type of people that I tend to help. So you may need to tweak this based off who your audience is. But I ask them, what field is their business in? How long have you been in business? My goal for business this year is... And then I ask them how they prefer learning. Do they prefer learning by video, written blog post, or podcast slash audio? Which types of content do they like best? List the topics of their favorite blogs if they have them. I ask them how they found me, how often they visit my website, and why do they follow the blog? What keeps them coming back? I also ask what social platforms they hang out on most often. Who else do they follow online to learn from and to get help with their business from? How do they follow or consume that other person's content? What do they love most about the content that that other person shares? Are there any types of posts that I'm not currently writing that they'd like to see in the future? If they could ask me one question about Squarespace or business or life, what would it be? What is their ultimate business goal? Do they want money for a house or for travel or just for extra spending money or just to feel financially secure? Are they looking to quit their nine to five job, have location freedom? Are they looking to make a huge impact in the world? or an impact in a certain field that they're super passionate about. I asked them if they went to any conferences or events to help them build their business in the past year. I asked them how much did their business make this past year, and is it their full-time job? I asked what is their favorite type of content that I post, and if I started a free Facebook community, would they join it? So those were all helping me to determine where should I be spending my time? What content should I be creating? Who are the other people they're interested in who I should there maybe have on the podcast? I also asked some specific questions about things I was considering doing. I was considering starting a free Facebook group, and I was wondering, would people actually be interested to join it, or are they trying to spend less time on Facebook, or they're already in a zillion Facebook groups, all of those things. So those are the type of questions which I have asked, and I encourage you to tweak some of those to your own business. Now, step number three to surveying is to actually send out that survey. So use whatever method of marketing you have available to yourself. If you have a blog or email list or a social following or word of mouth or a podcast slash video mention, make use of whatever way you have to get in touch with your audience. Step number four is to start categorizing the responses. So the fun but also time-consuming part is reading over all of the responses. And especially if you just give multiple choice options and it's very easy to look over the responses and gather the information. But if you have anything which is sort of like, long form responses, then you'll need to go through and start categorizing them. So what categories should you use? It's really going to depend on the responses that you're getting. So if you ask people what say their biggest struggle is with learning Facebook ads, and people keep mentioning in some way, shape or form, like calculating the lifetime value of a lead, or deciding on the best type of ad to run, then you need to make those your categories. And for each person that mentioned something along those lines, you would start making a tick, maybe to organize that. Also, if you do use something like SurveyMonkey, it can actually create something like a word cloud, which changes sizes of words in the cloud based off how many times it was mentioned, which is also a really good and very quick way of categorizing things. Step number five is to let your survey responses decide for you back to our original problem, and that was making decisions. So maybe you're thinking of launching a new product or service, but you don't know if it should be a mini class or a webinar series or a downloadable workbook or a mastermind or a one-on-one service or a group program. Look back at your responses to see what respondents mentioned that they liked best or had done maybe in the past year. Whatever one on the survey, let that decide for you. 
Now, before we move on to our next topic, we need to talk about three common surveying mistakes because these can really make or break the usefulness of your survey. So the first mistake that I tend to see people making is getting as many survey responses as possible. Now, warning, do not, I repeat, do not just try to get anyone to complete your survey. Your goal is to survey your audience, the people who you can get in touch with again, for example, your email list or your social following or your blog following to complete your survey. Let's say you have 100 people on your email list, and so you fear that even if you get a good percentage of them to complete the survey, you still won't have that many results. So your next thought is, ah, perfect, I'll post the link to my survey in a Facebook group that has thousands of people and I'll get more responses. But the goal is not to get more responses from random people. The goal is to get responses from your people. Say you send your survey to your email list and post it on a Facebook group with thousands of people. Your audience all say that they want you to create fuzzy purple slippers, but the people from the Facebook group say they want you to create velvet bedazzled slippers. You make the velvet slippers, market them to the people you're able to get in touch with again and again, say your email list, but nobody buys. Why? And it's because you made something for people who aren't your people. So, Worry about your people, the people who are following, and your audience, and no one else. The other mistake that I tend to see people doing is offering a really unrelated incentive. I see people often being like, I'll give you $25 to Starbucks or $100 to Southwest Airlines to complete my survey. But who completes the survey? People who like chai lattes and that want to travel. Offering an incentive gift to complete your survey that is unrelated from what you do means that you'll skew your results and you'll be stuck back in the same place as before, unsure if the information in your survey is really reliable and being stuck in the decision-making analysis paralysis again. Again, you only want to get responses from the people who are generally interested in what you're offering, not just the people who are interested in a free Starbucks gift card. Okay, so now that you probably have 59 million ideas of things you could potentially do in your business, the time is to determine which ones are the best ones. Of course, what your audience says they are the most interested in is definitely important to helping you figure this out. But there's also some other important questions that you need to go through to determine which is the best idea. So first things first, I want you to write out all of your potential project ideas. Now, I recently went through a situation where I had literally 16 ideas of things I wanted to do within the next two and a half months, which is completely unrealistic. Some of these projects would take me weeks or months to complete. So that was definitely not possible to do them all at once. So I've recently literally just went through this exercise myself. So again, first things first, write down all of those project ideas. Okay, once you have all your ideas written down, the next thing you want to do is evaluate your ideas against the following questions. First question is, has my audience specifically asked me for this? Or is this something that I want to create that my audience didn't necessarily communicate having an interest in to me? This is important because if people have been consistently asking for something, that's a really good indication that they're down to purchase or get involved with whatever you're going to create. So if your audience has been asking for something a lot, that would give it a lot of weight as something which maybe you should consider doing over something which you just thought up yourself, but no one's ever actually asked you to do it. The next question to ask yourself is in terms of resources and tools, do I have what I need to create this? Or are you going to need to learn something first? Are you going to need to take a course first? Are you going to need to buy some, I don't know, physical equipment in order to do it? If this is going to take a lot of resources and you don't really have the means to do it, then that might be an indication of something that maybe is a project for later. The third question I want you to ask yourself is, do I already have the skills and education that I need in order to create this? Or do I need to take time learning something first in order to create it? Same thing basically along the lines as question number two. 
Question number four is how long will it take me to complete this? I want you, of course, you can't know exactly, but give yourself a ballpark estimate on how long that's going to take you. Writing a new email welcome sequence for your email subscribers is going to take a heck of a lot less time than fully rebuilding your website and redoing the copy and redoing the SEO for your website. So certain things take longer than others. Give a ballpark of how long it's going to take you to complete. Then are we going to ask yourself, how much is it going to cost me to create this? What is the initial investment for it? And then question number six is, will I make money off this while I work on other things? Will it generate passive income for me? If you want to have a ton of different income streams in your business, it's probably not realistic that all of them are like one-on-one services. You probably need some passive options in there because there's only so much time that each of us has in the day. So if something is going to be a passive income earner in the future, that's a good indication that that could be a really beneficial thing for your business. Next thing I want you to ask yourself is, what is the maximum amount that I would expect to make off this in one year? So again, do a little calculation, do a little estimation. How much do you think it would realistically generate? It doesn't mean that if something isn't a huge profit generator that you can't ever do it, but maybe it's something that you do further down the line. When I go to launch my business retreats, I know that those are not going to be nearly as profitable as some other things I have running in my business, but at the same time, I'm passionate about it and I have the money coming in from other sources, so it's okay. If you, however, are really struggling, you want to say quit your job and you really need solid income in order to do it, then maybe one of those things which won't create as much money is something that you do next year instead of this year. Now, the other question I want you to ask yourself is, will this have any benefits other than just income? Maybe it is something you're super genuinely really passionate about and you feel like is going to have a huge impact in the world. Or maybe it's going to build a lot of authority for you. Something like speaking on stage or writing a book brings a lot of authority, even though it doesn't bring in a ton of income. Maybe it's going to help your SEO if you're, say, posting on Forbes or entrepreneur.com or writing guest posts for other major publications. Maybe it will help you build relationships or build your email list. So all of those things aren't necessarily generating income, but they are very valuable in and of themselves. Next thing I want you to ask yourself is, how excited are you to work on it? On a scale of one to 10, just give a number. How excited are you to work on that project? And the last question is, again, on a scale of one to 10, how naturally does this fit with my brand? And would I authentically speak about this thing? Or would this kind of feel off brand and weird for me to talk about? If there's something else important to you that's not listed in these questions, feel free to add another question which allows you to evaluate your ideas against it. And then the last step of the process is to eliminate based on your answers. Start crossing out the items that clearly aren't a good fit, that don't feel authentic to your brand, or that no one asked you for that you don't think are really going to generate a lot of income right now when you maybe need a lot of income right now. So from there, you should be left with a much smaller list, and your next task is to arrange them from highest to lowest priority. Then you did note down how long you expect each one of those things to take. So I want you from highest to lowest priority to start popping them into your calendar for however long you think they're going to take. All right, so I hope this episode was helpful for you. And I do want to mention if you're looking to get the questions, which I normally ask my subscribers, or you want the list of questions to evaluate your ideas against, then do definitely head to the show notes of this episode. You can find them at pagebrunton.com forward slash 23. Again, it's pagebrunton.com forward slash the number 23. And that's where you can find the show notes for this episode and get all of those things there easily. So you just quickly copy and paste and get on your way. Thanks so much for hanging out with us for this episode of the Online Business Besties podcast. If you love the show, be sure to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, 
Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at pagebrunton.com. Mm-hmm.